The Pat Kenny Show with MasterCard. Share an extraordinary experiences all over the world with priceless cities at priceless.com. This is News Talk. A demonstration outside Doyle Aaron today aims to highlight the grim conditions that some livestock are subjected to when we export them abroad. To discuss the pros and cons, we're joined by Pete Wedderburn, Pete the Vet. Pete, good morning. Good morning. Now, we do export a lot, and I would have thought the EU have things in place to make sure there is no abuse of these animals. Oh, EU regulations are really tight. And, um, I mean, if you read what, what is done, it is quite remarkable how well looked after livestock are during transport. Um all sorts of very strict inspections of animals before they travel, inspections of vehicle regularly, um, control of the amount of time spent traveling, control of, of going on, going off. Everything is very tightly, very well controlled. So the regulations are great. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So why are people worried? Well, I, th- I think the thing is that like 90% of, of the animals are going to EU countries and um, I suppose that's not an issue. The issue is more, there's two areas actually which are contentious at the moment. The first one is the probably the 10% or so of, of adult cattle that are exported to non-EU countries. So what that means is the regulations apply absolutely right up until they get to where they're going. But then the question is what happens to them? And it seems like a bit of an anomaly that, that everybody looks after these animals, cherishes them in just exactly the right way until they reach their destination and then they forget about them. And so that's an issue for people. They worry about what what happens to the animals after, especially when they go to countries where um, where non-stun slaughter is absolutely the standard way things are done and where animals are generally treated with less respect. And in fairness, in those countries, you know, human life is 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 on the edge and people are hungry and it's it's a very different environment. So people worry about animals going into those environments. This is a very big issue, by the way, in Australia because of the major um live export market in that country and what they did is they addressed it by having Australian authorities inspect the farms and abattoirs in the final destination okay. and validate them there and that's how they kind of got around it they, so so no longer were the animals going to an unknown destination they were going to somewhere that was known and verified and so that that's something which some people are saying that the EU authorities should do to deal with that particular problem and the other problem the other problem is a more recent one and that's dairy um, male dairy calves, and we've touched on this before. Um, this is where um, what's happened is in the last few years, um, since uh, the dairy quotas were removed, um, there's been a massive expansion of the dairy herd in Ireland. And what that means is that the, the, the national dairy herd has gone up from 1.1 million to 1.5 million since 2015 when the quotas were scrapped. And what that means is these cows, to produce milk, they have to be pregnant every year. Uh, and what that means is they produce more calves than are needed. And in in particular, the young male calves um, aren't needed. And because they're, um, they're dairy calves, they're not good for growing beef. And that means that male calves have been sold for 50 cents at Marts recently. And dairy farmers have even been given them away from, to dealers. And what happens then is the dealers export them. So in 2018, 140,000 unweaned male calves were exported to, to France and Netherlands. And they're raised there and then they're slaughtered for veal. And the veal is then exported and still to France. And veal in, uh, calves in crates? Is that no, you see, see, this is what <clears throat> veal isn't popular in Ireland because everybody remembers that it's that veal is bad, if you like, in their mind because they're raised in crates and they're deliberately deprived of iron in order to very pale meat. In actual fact, EU legislation has addressed that, and now what they what they talk about is rose veal is ethically perfectly sound. It's fine, um, and so um, there is a, a big market and an ethical market for that type of 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 
calf meat. But the thing is that Ireland isn't geared up for that sort of market. Um, uh, we don't mm. have the, the, no the infrastructure a, a in place to for do veal. it. I mean, you see veal on menus from time to time in Italian restaurants, for mm. example, mm. Um, veal parmigiana or whatever it might be, or yes. saltambuco. Um, but we don't, there isn't a huge market. But could we create one or do people have an aversion to, they eat lamb, uh, even though the, the lamb might be more like mutton than lamb. Yes. Um, but do they have an aversion to eating calf meat? I, I think we do, and that's something which could be changed, perhaps, with marketing. Also, a veal market, um, you know, we, we could develop the infrastructure to create um, veal meat, which could be exported to other countries. But there's a lot of work in doing that. It's a very competitive market internationally. But some people would be saying that the, the successful dairy processing companies, the multinationals who are really benefited greatly out of the expansion of the dairy market, they could divert some of their new profits towards developing um, uh, this type of rose veal market. After all, the unwanted calves are a direct byproduct of their success, oh, and so okay. there's a logic there. All right, and the protest today then? Protest at one, one o'clock outside the door. I would like to just stress, by the way, that Ireland Ireland actually does have the highest animal welfare standards in the world, and and the vets vets really do their best they can, the best they possibly can, to make sure that that animals do have good lives that are worth living. So. I want to underline that all with that. We're talking about the small part of the live exports which do need to be addressed. Um, now, you will be answering questions on facebook.com forward slash FM. I'll give you one. I'm bringing our dog on summer holidays. It'll be a three-hour drive to the countryside. Any suggestions as to how to keep the journey comfortable for the dog? That's from Leah. Well, I, th- I, th- I would suggest you might think about getting a cooling mat. These are things you can buy in pet shops that there are actually, that, 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 that when you touch them, they're lovely and pleasantly cool and they're a bit soft and the dogs lying in them are much more comfortable. I'd also suggest that you stop your car every hour and take your dog for a short walk and make sure you have water so you can top them up with water all the okay. time. Uh, a final point. Uh, well done you in Sligo last weekend. I was in Westport oh, Westport actually. rather, yeah. Westport, yeah. I was second in my age group in a triathlon and that's great for me because I'm just a, an old amateur at this sort of stuff. Um, but I'd also like to mention that my next race is the, the Two Provinces Triathlon in Lanesborough on the 13th of July and it's in a sprint triathlon it's a shorter distance and it's well known for being a family friendly welcoming event so if anybody's thinking about starting triathlons or trying trying one for the first time it's a the the, the two provinces triathlon is a great starter uh, that's in lanesborough mm-hmm. on the 13th of july that's it all right back to your training <laughs> anyway facebook live and then you'll be over at doyle and at that uh, protest